We cover our bases, face it, you can't erase us Back and forth, watch where it take us Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it Always our response is amazing Our bases covered, yeah Yeah, you know you love it, our thoughts, they be off of the dome First to the second, the topics, they change like the weather Then you know we bringing it home We cover our bases, face it, you can't erase us Back and forth, watch how we shine Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it Always our responses be prime Our bases covered, Woo. Yeah, you know you love it, no limits to where we can go So do grab a seat Oh no, this ain't MLB, but you know it's time for the show All bases covered, my brothers, yeah, you know you love it We get it, yeah, we going in Welcome to the All Bases Covered podcast Um, Yeah, we're back here on Blog Talk Uh, We will be moving, we said that, you know, last Friday But uh, some shit happened and uh, couldn't make it happen So, you know, so sue me uh, we are back here. It's Friday. We got Josh on. Sam is running a little bit late. I don't know where our producer is. There's Sam. Sam's hey on. Hello. Sam's right on. Hello. I don't, Sam, you're like, I'm going to be late, and here you are right on time. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's going on over there. But, uh, he was a minute late. I swear. I seen the clock. It was 8.01. He was a minute late. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick! Yeah, I, gotta I, get I was playing on only being a minute late. Like, <laughs> oh shit, guys! So I got it scheduled for You're an hour. Still running a What is this nonsense? Full ninety minutes. Did you not see my text message, Sam, before <laughs> that I couldn't get it switched over in time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, but I just final. wanted you to elaborate on it and on why you were not able to do it. Sounds like a failure. I was, you know what? There's shit that happened. I was busy. All right? Just leave me alone. Okay? (laughs) Yeah. We're fucking back. He's busy with his boyfriend, Mark Rogers. Wow. That's funny. Anyways. Anyways, we we won't be here long. I couldn't get all the sound transferred over in time. Thank you. Thank you. Okay? Uh, So, anyways. We're here. It's Friday. There's a lot of shit to dive into, man. Like there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of shit to dive into. I, I scheduled us for an hour and a half in case we need it. <clears throat> Not sure we will. But before we get into NBA free agency, before we get into the Super Bowl preview, I, I gotta talk about this shit that I saw on fucking Twitter and it made me upset. As as a hip hop fan. Daily Loud uh, tweeted that Billboard has ranked their top ten rappers of all time. Number one was Jay-Z. Number two is Kendrick Lamar. Number three, Nas. Four, Tupac. Five, Eminem. Six, Biggie. Seven, Lil Wayne. Eight, Drake. Nine, Snoop. And ten, Nicki Minaj. Now, they, they didn't say lyricists. They didn't say best lyricist. They just said top ten rappers of all time. And I'm okay with most of this list. Except for Drake and except for Nicki Minaj. I don't think they belong on this list. Joe and Josh, your country asses probably don't know nothing about hip hop. So, you know, but feel hold free on, to on. speak up. Did you did <laughs> did you say did you not mention Tupac at all on that top ten? No, he did. I did. Tupac was like number four on this four. list. I just wanted to make sure he was on there. I mean, fuck. I think he's better than Jay-Z by far. Anyway. I was going to say, who did you say is number one? 
Jay Z was number was number one on this list. All right, he paid. He paid him. <laughs> so, I, Sam, you you and I listen to a lot of hip hop, and uh, Josh and Joe. I'm sure you guys listen to your fair share. It's become more of like the kind of like. I guess pop music of the modern day. We all went to high school and college and, and, and played that shit. But, like, Nicki Minaj, I'm sorry, she's not even the best female rapper of all time. And I don't oh, yeah, I think, the, I, think the list, I think the list is, is, uh, is, is way off. Even in the seating, I think that they're off. But yeah. uh, I, I definitely have to 110% agree like there are so many other rappers that are better that belong on that list instead of Drake and instead of I will even take Kendrick Lamar off of it too. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I, okay. I, I don't take I don't know if I can take Kendrick off of it because he's pretty spectacular. But number two is a little high. Number two is pretty high. I mean, bro, you're forgetting like, KRS One. You're forgetting KRS One. You're forgetting Rakim. You're forgetting Andre like 3, a lot of. Andre 3000, dude. Yeah, of course. I mean, and you'd want to count Outkast as one. If that's Big Boy Andre 3000. You can go ahead and count them as one. But there's so many other rappers that just are, like, right there that can, but there's no way Drake, and, Drake Nicki Minaj, and Kendrick Lamar uh, make it up. I mean, how do you, how do you leave out LL Cool J, dude? Exactly, exactly. How do you leave out LL Cool J? How do you – there's so – again, there's, there's two, Big Daddy Kane – I'll put Big Daddy Kane, fine. He was, you know, a little bit older. But bottom of the top ten, absolutely. KRS-One, bottom of the top ten, absolutely. Yeah, what about Method Man? You didn't even mention, there's no mention of any of the Wu-Tang Clan, Clan members. And, bro, and, and they're like some of the greatest hip-hop artists of all time. Of all time. Yeah. Well, I think, this, I think this is going off of like nowadays and not old school rap. It's kind of what I'm seeing in this. No, list. they're looking at the ten greatest rappers of all time. They're not saying lyricists. They're not saying flow. They're not saying uh, you know uh, era. None of that. They're just saying the ten best rappers of all time. Well, that's what I'm saying. And I think they're stuck on one era. I think they're stuck in, in, in the now compared to what the rap was back in the day. Because rap, the rap I, game has changed from the the early '80s into the '90s into the 2000s. It's it's yeah, literally yeah. changed. Yeah, but that, they had Tupac and Biggie on there who, they're, I mean, they were in the 90s. Fuck, I would put 50, I would put 50 Cent over Drake. I would, put, I would put 50 Cent over Drake. 50, if you're talking about I now. Would put Ice Cube, if you're talking about now. Ice Cube over Snoop Dogg. I'm sorry, but I think Ice Cube, especially his NWA days, and then his first couple albums that he dropped, like License to, uh, License to Kill or uh, Lethal Injection, all that, uh, Lethal Injection, all that shit. I I think Snoop Dogg is is good. Ice Cube's better. I'll have to disagree yeah. there. I'll have to say I I'll still go with Snoop because Snoop was able to do it across uh like multiple eras I guess you could say and he left Death Row and he did his own thing and then he was still like very very successful doing his own thing even with No Limit he did well. Um, but I mean that's still a good conversation to have like Snoop and, and Ice Cube but like. You know, Nicki Minaj, are you serious? You're going to have that conversation? You're, as you said it, Mike, yeah. she's not even the best female rapper of all time. Right. Which, I'm curious, Sam, who would you give that nod to? Because I, I have two names that I'm... Oh, I, I'm going to go Missy Elliott, Missy Elliott by far. Boom! 
Oh, called it. Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott just she was just killer, killer. Missy Elliott was great on the beat, but I, if I'm going rappers, how 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 is there no love for for Queen Latifah or Lil Kim? Okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. But she's a lyricist though, but she's a lyricist as well, right? Right. She's a bit of a lyricist. Right. So, I mean, like, Queen Latifah, fine. But uh, Lil' Kim and, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, who else was it? Like, Charlie Baltimore, a bunch of these, you know, 90s, 2000s rappers, uh, female Brown. rappers, they don't make it. Foxy Brown, she don't make no. it, bro. I'm sorry. Mary J. Blige is, 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 is an R&B artist. She's not a rapper. I thought who? she still did some rap. Who? Mary J. Blige. She's purely R&B, more or less. Okay, no, she's purely R&B singing. But okay. I'm sorry, but Nicki Minaj stole her, her whole aura from Lil' Kim. And then everyone Lil stole, Kim. and then there were there were others that stole it off of her, like Cardi B and whoever else is out now, yeah. right? Exactly, exactly. Oh, man, man. But I thought we'd kick this off. I, this list to me is blasphemous. Like, you just, I'm sorry, like, nothing against Drake. Nothing against Nikki. They're both very talented. But when you're talking top ten of all time, putting Drake and Nicki Minaj in the top ten is like, fuck, I don't even know. That's like putting, like, Clay Thompson and fucking Carl Anthony Towns in the top ten best basketball players of all time. Are they talking about And and they're not even close. Right. What, Josh? I'm sorry. Were they talking about Nas or Little Nas X? Nas, Nas, the original Nas, the Hate Me Now Nas, and and New York City and Fine Nas, not Little Nas X. Who had what? Maybe five hits, but he's number three. So, okay. So far, so no. Who who has? I said he doesn't have that many hits. It didn't seem like he had that many hits. So you're gonna Nas? put him in the top five? Yeah. Nas has to be in the top five, dude. Nas has to be no way. top five. Nas, Nas no way. No what? way. No way. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm sorry. Number Skip one Bay- and number two is Tupac and Eminem. Just Skip Bayless over here. Skip Bayless over here trying to – come on, man. Nas is phenomenal. He's phenomenal. No, dude. No. Come on. DMX, on, Rough Riders Roll, man. Not not compared to some of these dudes that we've been mentioning. But he's great. He's great. I mean, but it's, it's, it's no DMX if, up there. It'd be like throwing Ludacris up there in the top ten. It's not the same, not the same ballpark. I'm just saying that if Drake's top ten, then DMX is. But that, we're saying Drake's not top ten. No, oh, I know. I know. Yeah. No, oh, I know. All right. So, normally, the NBA trade deadline comes, and it's a lot like the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Sometimes, some years, it's really active, and it's huge, and you see a lot of big names get traded. Other years, it kind of comes and goes, and there's maybe a little peep. This year, it was huge. And, you know, everybody, you know, people might be like, dude, why are you guys, it's Super Bowl week. How are you not leading with the Super Bowl? Well, I think the NBA trade deadline supersedes it a little bit. KD going to the Suns is, I mean, 
that trade, the Nets basically just saying, okay, fuck it, we're we're giving up. This thing with Kyrie and Katie and James Harden didn't work. Let's recoup as much as possible. I'm shocked that a team that was literally before KD got hurt a couple weeks ago, they were the number two seed in the East. Now they don't have KD and they don't have Kyrie. And they'll probably still make the playoffs. They'll be like a five to eight seed, somewhere around that range. But, man, I'm just – and then now KD gets to go to Phoenix. He's got Booker and Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. But this still hurts his legacy, don't you think? Like, if he wins – let's say he wins wins a ring or two in Phoenix. No one's going to give him credit for that. If he had gone to Brooklyn and won a championship, something he built over there, I think he'd get more credit. But now he's going to Phoenix. It's just as – I would say Phoenix – I don't know if you guys agree or not, or Sam, if you agree or not, but uh, Phoenix is almost just as loaded as what Golden State was when he walked over there. Phoenix is – Yeah, it's close. It's close. It's real close. It's, yeah, it's, it's super close. They, I think two years removed from the finals, and I did they win like 60 games last year? Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you know what? The, see, the, this is a, the, the beauty about like today's basketball. I don't think their images are tarnished by them jumping teams. Like So in the three and a half seasons that KD was at, it was in uh, Brooklyn, Granted, there were injuries, the COVID thing with Kyrie, blah, blah, whatever, whatever, right? They played a total of yep. 74 games together in three and a half seasons. Yep. That's sad. That's absolutely, right. like, disgusting. Like, I can't believe that, that he was even – that he got even paid for some of those things. Like, I'm a, I'm a staunch believer that you need to start taking away the players' pay if they get injured. You know, hold them accountable. Like, you're not going to get your full – $35 million a year if you're going to be sitting out the whole year. You get a prorated amount, you know, a smaller a smaller piece of that, right? Uh, um, but as far as jumping teams, I don't think anybody gives a shit anymore. And that's, that doesn't, that doesn't uh, tarnish your image. Uh, he's still going to go. If he wins a ring or two, good for him. You know, then he, now he's up to four rings, and, and you know, he's, he's uh, higher up in the conversation. But I don't care. I don't think anyone cares anymore how many teams he's played for in his entire career. I say we just yeah, but, watch the NBA. No, I, 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 I'm, I kind of agree with Louie. I think it does tarnish. Like, come on, you're KD. You couldn't do it. You couldn't do it in Oklahoma, and you had it. Hey, listen, but it, you know what? If it, but if, if, it really, if it really did tarnish it, you think he would still jump? He doesn't care. He doesn't care no, he what doesn't his care. image looks like. I don't, right? think, I don't think in his mind, Sam – he doesn't think it tarnishes it, but everybody else on the outside is looking at it and like, like, dude, you went to Golden State. You created the super team of all super teams, right? That Golden State team was basically a cheat code that got KD, and the reason they were able to do it is because they weren't paying Clay, Draymond, and Steph that much money yet. And I think Steph, because of his ankle injuries, had it signed like the super max extension, so there was money for them to – to pull it off. But when you're looking at that and Katie's got two rings in Golden State, I don't think anybody really counts. Like, they count them. But 
a lot of people say Giannis's one ring in Milwaukee is worth more than KD's two rings in Golden State. I 100% agree with that. Because that team came from nowhere with Giannis, and they built that team yeah. up. Yes, they made some trades, but he went to a team that was already stacked that already won two or three championships before him, you know? And then they won one after him. So that team was always pretty damn good with or without KD. Right. So, I, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it almost – KD almost reminds me of LeBron James. So, so that's, that's what I'm going that. back to. Like, ever since, ever since LeBron started creating these super teams and wherever he goes, he's teaming up with other all-stars and he's scheming to get other players on his team. That, since he started that, it's not so much of a stigma to do that anymore, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I think that's yeah, the norm nowadays. Tarnish the le- his legacy. I think that's the biggest question. I mean, if you're going to say I that, you, you're going to go. You got to go up to his predecessor and say, "Is it going to tarnish LeBron James' his legacy?" I think it does. And yes, absolutely, it will. It, but so everything they, after they, him, they, I think they're going to blame LeBron for 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 doing what he did with the decision in 2010. Oh yeah. Here's here's my thing. I think it it does to an extent tarnish LeBron's legacy how much he's been jumping teams. There's also talk that if the Lakers somehow make it to the second round of the playoffs this year, that LeBron's going to want to leave and he wants to go elsewhere. So, listen, if KD had gone, let's say he went to, like, Dallas, or let's say he even went to a team like Miami. Denver. Miami. He would have gotten more credit for winning a title with those teams. Because, yes, are there good players on all three teams I just mentioned? Yes. But it's not three other all-stars. Booker, Paul, and Ayton are three all-stars. And you can make the argument that when Booker's healthy and a young Chris Paul, they were at P candidates. Right? Yeah, absolutely, for sure. And now, you you go like if he had gone to Miami, Jimmy Butler's old. They probably would have gotten rid of Kyle Lowry and the Durant trade, and, and like Tyler Harrow and a few other people. But you would have had like Durant, Butler, Bam, a few other players. If you would have gone to Denver, they, Denver probably would have had to give up like Michael Porter or Jamal Murray or both, and along with some other players. But you would have had Joker and Durant, and you still would have, he still would have had a lot more credit for winning, but now he goes to Phoenix. I, honestly, KD doesn't even have to do much. KD could average 22, 23 points a game, seven rebounds, five assists, and that's enough for Phoenix to win a championship. So one of the things that I've always said is, like, if you can have two of your stars go off for, like, 40 on a dime's yeah. notice, which Kerr yes. and Durant can do, that makes it very yeah. hard to beat that team. Very, very He's hard. Up. That's, really that's why so I thought On any given good. night, either on any given night, and you know what, Aiton, Aiton can do work too down low. Like that, you know, you, you'll have surprise performances from Chris Paul at 37, you know, uh, uh, and, and guess what? It works out. Chris Paul might have an 18-assist game because Kevin Durant's there, you know? That's so, kind of why I thought... It, uh, when yeah. when Kyrie got traded to Dallas, I was like, man, between Kyrie can score 30, 35 points a game, and then Luka, he can score 35, 40 points, 50 points a game. 
it's going to be tough to guard them two, them two players all the time. Yeah. So I thought they had a legit shot to make it to the NBA Finals this year after that trade, but not now. Now it's clear that the Suns are the favorite. I think they lost a little bit of depth, depth in that trade, though. Two. Yeah, they did, but I, I still like Dallas that combination. Dallas. Yeah. Sorry, but guys. but well, what do you think about the Nets? Was that was the Nets trade to Kyrie uh, a huge middle finger to him? Like we know you want to go somewhere else, we're going to send you to a team that we decide. Do you think that was the big uh, middle finger? I don't think so. And the reason I say that I don't is Dallas is still a good team. Dallas is a top four seed in the West right now. They were in the Western Conference Finals. He should be happy he didn't go to the Magic, bro. <laughs> or, oh, or like, or he could have gone to like fucking San Antonio, or yeah, or he could have gone to like he could have gone to Charlotte. Like they they could have sent him a lot of different places. The fact that they still sent him to, to Dallas, and they got basically fifty cents, not even fifty cents. I want to say they got like thirty five cents on the dollar because Nets already had at one time Spencer Dinwiddie and got rid of them. And so, him and Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, obviously the return for Durant it's was much picks. greater. It's the picks, though. It's, yeah, they were going they, between both between both those stars. They wanted to re, basically recoup and be able to rebuild the next four or five years. But they also got Bridges in the Durant trade, who's an excellent three and D player. He he finished second in Defensive Player of the Year voting last year. So they they got. They got some pieces that I think they can build around, Cam Thomas, a few others. But, yeah, I, I don't know, man. If if I'm the Nets now, I'm looking at things and I'm like, how did we fuck this up so bad? And I'll tell you where it started at, in my opinion, Sam. They never should have fucking hired Steve Nash. Steve He's Nash. not the right guy for that job. You wasted you wasted the, the healthy t- time that they had together on a coach that couldn't put it together. Yeah, that team. I'm sorry, need a a first time head coach figuring shit out. They needed an established coach, uh, whether it was an assistant who'd been. Oh, could have been an assistant like, too. I'll take I'll take an established assistant, right? As exactly. Well. Exactly. The the guy that I think should have gotten it all along is the guy that's leading now, Jacques Vaughn. If they would have yeah. given no, I agree. Jacques Vaughn the the keys to the castle initially instead of fucking Steve uh instead of uh Steve Nash, I they they might Hell, I'll, I'll even go and say Chauncey Billups is a better yeah. is a better uh choice. Because Billups has bounced yeah. around as an assistant in the league for many years after he retired. I don't know, man. It's just it's to me it was bad. I know Jacques Vaughn didn't have a lot of success in Orlando, but those teams are. I mean, the the year he got fired, that that fucking Orlando team was. I mean, putrid, bro. Putrid. Their, their best player was Aaron was Aaron Gordon, and they were running out there a team with Mo Harkless, old ass Ben Gordon, Canning Fry, Evan Fournier, Victor Oladipo. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, you're not winning with that roster right there. So, 
Um, but yeah, the Nets, dude, this blowing shit up. I, 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 I don't. I, I thought KD would say even after Kyrie demanded a trade, but clearly he had other motives. So I was going to say one more name. So like, it, all right. So the year that Nash uh, got went with the, uh, the the Nets, right? I believe if it was uh, was it that year or the year after that Rick Carlisle decided to come back because like that's a coach I would oh. take. Well, That's a coach I would take like eyes closed, right? Yeah. Um, again, his his resume speaks for itself. He knows how to deal with stars. He's a well respected coach in the league. Guys like that are the ones you you you, you target. You don't target a, a a player that wants to be a coach. He's not a he's not he's not Steve Kerr. Steve Nash is not yeah. Steve Kerr. So right, and it showed. And Steve Kerr was an assistant yeah. with, with with Popovich and. You know, he he did a lot of other stuff prior to even getting that that head coach job. He did, and he was the GM of the Suns too at one point in time. Uh, he's the one that built Steve Nash, Mark D'Antoni, uh, Mark D'Antoni, Sean Marion, Amari Stoudemire team. Oh, the seven that's seconds or less Warriors. offense. Uh, that that you know, and that's exactly why the Warriors looked so similar to those Suns team of the mid two thousands. Um, but, uh, all right. So who do you think now? I mean, a lot of the favorites in the East, they didn't make any moves. Philly, uh, Philly, Boston, Milwaukee made like, very minimal moves, if any, of the deadlines. So who's, who's your favorite for the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference now to make it to the finals? So on the, on the, on the East, I believe that, that with adding Jay Crowder, they picked up that P.J. Tucker piece of their championship year. And I feel like they're actually sitting in a really good position because Jay Crowder can do the little things that that, that Giannis probably needs done, right? Um, And I think Drew Holiday is playing lights-out basketball, right? So I I like the Bucs a lot now in the East. Um, But I'll always say, like, uh, your your Phillies, your um, Boston's always – uh, because they're so well built that even if they don't make roster changes, they could still compete. You know, as long as their 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 players are healthy. So I thought that okay. I thought that the the the, the Celtics were going to make a move for Durant, um, and they thought that Jalen Brown was going to be part of that 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 uh you know swap over, uh, but that never came to fruition, right? Yeah. So I like the Bucks. Close behind the Bucks, I like the Celtics, and then you know okay. neck and neck is right. You know Philly's right there as well. Top three okay. in the East. Going to the West, that, going to the West. Yeah. I think now going to the West, you have a couple of changes, a couple of role players that are now on teams that 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 could you know take advantage of it. Having Gary Payton back, the second back in uh, back in Golden State, gives them a the same type of defense they have in their front court now in their back court, right? So what you get with Draymond Green in the front court, you kind of get the same pressure on the back court. So um, that that drastically changes their their uh, um, you know standings. I think that I still think that the the out of the West you have, I think it's going to be the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, and I'm going to go ahead and put the Mavs there. Uh, close behind yep. the Mavs are the Clippers. 
you don't put the I'm signs sorry? up there? You don't have not the yet, signs man. Not, not not yet. Just not yet. Just not yet, man. Just not yet. You know, his MCL sprain is actually a, a, a lot more severe than than uh, reported. So let's see when he comes back. If the Phoenix can continue to stay hot and and stay in that four or five seeded range, they can make a push towards the top three at the end of the year. But the Clippers are still now. The Clippers are running healthy. They're sitting at five. They're a nightmare at five. You know, uh, the Clippers are, are, are dangerous at five. I just don't know if they did enough. I mean, they got Bone Thailand. They got a few other pieces here and there at the deadline. But I don't know, man. I just feel like the Clippers just can't put it together. They just can't. Kawhi, right. They can't put it together. But but they're still they're still good enough to make some noise in that fourth or fifth spot. I don't think the Kings have anything sustainable for the rest of the year. They're sitting at three. Okay. I, I don't see that happening for the long run, you know? Okay. Josh, I, you have I'm going to have, have to go. I, I'm going to agree with Sam with, with uh, the East. I think it's going to be between uh, the Celtics and the Bucks. I think the, okay. they're just the two top teams, and they've been the, the top teams. Philly, I – I don't trust Doc Rivers and or Philly. They just seem to always flame out in the playoffs here lately. Yeah. Um, so and they lost some um, defense too. Their, their second unit defense. They they traded uh, Tybal, Matisse Tybal. Yeah. Um, out west, I, I mean, I would have to say, obviously, Denver's still going to be the top one. Uh, I think the Mavericks will will make a move, and and I if. If Durant's going to come back, he might not come back right away. They might sit him for another couple weeks if it's that bad. But if he's there in time for the playoffs and he's healthy, I think the Suns make a move. That's going to be my top three in the Western Conference, Denver, the Suns, and and the Mavs. I just just like to keep one thing in mind, Mike, uh, with Kevin Durant. You know, you have him coming off an injury. No practice time outside of uh, USA Basketball with Devin Booker, right? So no, uh, no real, real uh, camaraderie or repertoire there when it comes to practice, right? You have to give that a little bit of time before the engine starts humming. You know? I'm okay with that. I, I, they're to me, they are still the team to beat out west. They have the most star power. Memphis, I think, is frauds. Memphis likes to burp a lot. And they haven't really done anything. So until they can prove it, I'm in wait and see mode. Dallas. They got your yeah, boy Luke, Luke though. They got your boy Luke. Yeah, they got Luke Kennard. That's the problem. What? When Morant goes in, he can. He now has a like a, a Steve Kerr, a three point specialist, a guy that just shoots threes. You know, uh, waiting there. You know, at the right spot. I think the problem oh, no. with Memphis is they can't win on the road. That's the issue. Yeah. They can win at home, but they can't win on the road. And if you're in yeah. that three spot, you have to play on the road. Yeah. So that's what that's kind of like uh, Mike's thing with them being a little bit of frauds. Um, I got I got to see more, you know. And I got to see more in Denver too, because Joker's taking early exits ever since the bubble. Denver hasn't done shit in the playoffs. So, I, I think Phoenix has the experience. We'll see. It's going to it's gonna be interesting. I think the West is all bunched up right now. I mean, hell, the Lakers, 
are four games out from the number seven seed right now. So the Lakers might make a push. I, they, they made, oh, and they dra- they made, they've drastically right? changed, right? They, they, they did. So, they got, Sam, we got, we got go ahead, breaking go news on your Gary Payton. Uh, he, he failed the physical. Gary Payton. Oh, he failed okay. the physical, Gary. so that trade might not go through. That four-way trade. They have the Warriors have until Saturday to go with it. Oh, that's the that's the Sadiq Bay trade too. The yeah, Sadiq going to the Hawks. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's the one where that's the Blazers right. get like four four second-round picks or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so. I've been dealing with LeBron James fans all fucking week on Twitter. All fucking week. This man breaks the all-time scoring record. And people want to say that he's the GOAT. Now, we've had this discussion before on this show. And before we get to our Super Bowl talk. He's a fucking man, damn it. This is what I wanted to bring up. And now... I can counteract every single argument that LeBron James fans have to make him number one, especially Nick Wright. Uh, I would love to debate Nick Wright live because I think I would annihilate him. I don't think Nick Wright could beat me in a debate in this Jordan. That's because Nick Wright tries tries to go with emotion over stats. That's really what it is. It's not even just stats. And here's one thing that LeBron James fans throw in my face. This is the first point I'm going to put out there. This is LeBron James fans throw in my face for why LeBron's a goat and Jordan's not. That Jordan retires, and they lost in the second round of the playoffs in seven games to the Knicks in 1994. We all know the next year he came back late in the season. They lost to the Orlando Magic in the in the conference semifinals or conference finals. But that the year that he was gone, when he missed the whole season, that Scottie Pippen, Tony Kukoc, and those boys went to the second round with Phil Jackson, and that when LeBron leaves, he leaves Nagasaki behind in his wake because the team just fucking flat out. And that's true to an extent. That is true to an extent. Cleveland was terrible after he left. But if you if you investigate Cleveland Cavs roster that was there before he left, the team that won 66 games with a prime LeBron James, I'm going to name out five players that were on this team and I want you guys to tell me if any of them would be starters on another team. Uh, hell, I'll name out seven. Booby Gibson. No. Mo Williams. I mean, I'm not going to even say no. These are all no's. Anderson Varejao. Maybe. Wally Wally Zerbiak. No, not not at, at that age West. when he was playing. Delonte West. 
And Zildjernis Ogop. I think he would be a starter on some team. Maybe. I'll, maybe I'll give you Ziggy. That's it. That team inexplicably won 66 games. I think that tells you how weak the East was also at that point. But also, yeah, I thought that LeBron James was pretty great, uh, that he could carry that team to 66 wins. Now, he leaves the following year. I'm sorry, he left two years later because the next year they won 61 games and they had old ass Shaquille O'Neal and the same players that we just mentioned. But then the next season, when he leaves, they go, they win 19 games. They won 19 games. And their team consisted of Anthony Parker, Anton Jameson, Baron, old ass Baron Davis, Mo Williams, Anderson Brazel, Ramon Sessions. You're not winning any games. And then the Miami Heat he goes to, okay? And this is what I'll say with the Heat. Loaded. When they went to, yeah, but when he went to Miami Heat, when he went to the Miami Heat, okay, that Heat team, the previous year, can I tell you, let me, what do you think the average years of experience was on the Miami Heat team before LeBron James joined, the season before LeBron James joined them? Five years. Three years. 100% five years was the NBA experience of the of the average experience of the team that they had. They had some nice young players like Michael Beasley, Mario Chalmers, Daquan Cook, um, uh, you know, Dwayne Wade was in year six. Ray, uh, you know, they had some – Joel Anthony was there. He, he was a second-year player out of UNO, but they had some nice young players. Then – Next, the next season, they add LeBron James. They add Chris Bosh. They won 58 games. What do you think the average experience was the following year? 13. 10. 10 years. So it doubled. In wow. one year, it doubled. They added. Yeah, because he went out. He got like, uh, didn't he get a bunch of uh, sharpshooters, Mike Miller? He got a uh, how Shane Battier had to be old by then, right? No, Shane Battier wasn't on the first Heat team. He wasn't on the first Heat team. But they went out. They got James Jones. They got Eddie House. They got Eric Dampier. They got Mike Bibby. You know, and Eric Dampier at that time when he joined the Heat had been in the league for fourteen years. Mike Bibby was in year twelve. Wait, didn't didn't they have Gabe Payton? No, they had Brandon. No, that was oh six. That was later. That was later. So yeah, by the time he left, when he left the last season, they were old. Dwayne Wade was old. He was in his tenth year, and he and he went to college for three years. So Dwayne Wade was like thirty three years old, thirty two, thirty three, when LeBron left, right? And everybody's like, oh well, he left the the Heat in shambles. Not really. The next season, after he left, they won 37 games, and that's with Boss only playing in a handful of games. Boss only played 44 games that season. And Dwayne Wade missed 23 games that season. The next year, with a healthy Wade and Boss, they won 49 games. Third, they were the number three seed. So my argument is this, in a roundabout way, and, Sam, I've told you this. LeBron James comes in. He guts the roster of all young players. 
adds a bunch of veterans to win now. And when he leaves because the roster's too old and can't compete anymore, of course it's in shambles. Of course it is. And and you've traded you've traded your your development players that you could develop as as rookies coming into the draft for those older players when you bought them. Yes, I, and I already told you what the Lakers gave up. Here's Josh and Joe and Sam. Here is a list of I'm not even going to go into some of the younger veterans that were on the team like Brooke Lopez who was on the Lakers uh, before LeBron got there. Here's the rundown of young players that the Lakers gave up in order to acquire LeBron James and acquire Anthony Davis. Julius Randle, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and uh, um, who else was on that Kuzma. list? Uh, that I, Kyle, Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma. Yeah, they didn't give up. No, but they didn't give up Kuzma. Remember, Kuz was on the, Kuz was on the championship team they won in the ball. Okay, so Josh Hart. Josh Hart. Yeah, they, yeah. Josh Hart, Josh Hart was one of Alex Caruso and oh, and Zub and Zubak, Zubak, Alex Caruso. Yeah, and Alex Caruso. Um, they gave up Gary. And some of these players, they couldn't sign. They couldn't sign because they had money tied up elsewhere. Like Caruso was one of them. They yeah. probably should have kept him, and, but they had money tied up had, elsewhere. Gary Gary Payton Jr. was also on that free LeBron Lakers team. So now you look at the Lakers now, okay, with with Davis, LeBron, Vanderbilt, and company, and, and Malik Beasley. And Josh and Joe and everybody, I have to ask you a serious question. If LeBron had let things play out and LeBron was running with a team of Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Kuzma, and let's just say – Let's just say maybe um, maybe Josh Hart. <clears throat> Are they a better team than now with yes. Anthony Davis yes. and LeBron James? Yes. Yes. I would say Absolutely. yes because then then you also got to realize their number one their their draft picks are going to be there too. They're not giving away their whole fucking future, so you don't know what right. they're going to be able to draft and come in and exactly who who knows who you would have drafted had you had those picks right? Exactly. Right. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I man, I see. If, about... if, if Anthony Davis was one more year patient, because he had he would have been an unrestricted free agent the following year. If he had just waited yeah. one more year, then and they would have left. to give up what they gave up. No, but you know, LeBron needs shooters, and Randall can score down in the post. Brandon Ingram. And Josh Hart and, and Kuzma and Contavious Caldwell Pope could all shoot the ball, and that's what LeBron needs. You could go small ball. You could go small ball, and it'll be wild. Like that team is just it, it, it's it's suited to play uh, modern NBA. Put you that Yeah, I guess. Yeah, what they have length. They have length across the board. They have enough length there to, Randall, to, Kuzma, to play modern NBA. Ingram, LeBron, and like. And maybe Contavious Caldwell Pope as the starters, and LeBron can basically run point at that at that time. Yeah, you have LeBron length. And, you have length. Yeah, yeah. 
unbelievable. So you you're also yeah. forgetting they, they would still keep they would still have Zubac, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah they still would have Zubac too. Bro, jeez, oh, they'd have a big boy in the middle too to grab boards. Double double machine. Zubac's a double double machine, bro. He is, and that and that's my argument though against LeBron. Don't tell me that the Bulls made the second round of the playoffs without Jordan and that LeBron's team think because he doesn't leave any future behind when he leaves. He's the the teams have traded away all their draft picks and all of their young assets are gone. Now you see what all Louis' so girlfriend said. Wow. Thank you, man. Awesome. <laughs> I think I think uh, I think I think a little bit of the way that the Lakers have been running it is like kind of the way the Rams did it. Like they, yeah. they're mortgaging their future for the now, which is fine if it results in championships to an extent, right? Like, but well, was, so, so to, to say to say both both of them have technically won. A championship, bubble championship, nonetheless, right? But so yeah, you could say that the trade for Davis, uh, giving up Ingram and Lonzo and all those guys, worked out for the best for the Lakers because they did win a championship. But then, why blow it up the next year to bring in Westbrook or so? Why why blow it up uh, and get rid of Kuzma and all those guys? Like, why not just? I know the next year, I think they were hurt a lot, but I, I would have just kept running it with that. Team. No, yeah, but, they could have easily, uh, they, they, you know, they could have easily kept some of those guys. And you know what? At that time, there was a f- trade being floated around for Chris Stapp's Porzingis to go to the Lakers. Yeah. And I thought that was a great fit. I thought that was a great fit. That, sh- that should have been the move that LeBron made instead of chasing Anthony Davis. I think they could have fleeced oh. the, the the Knicks for 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 you know uh, for for less than what yeah, they got than what they gave up for Anthony Davis. All right, guys, we got. I mean, hell, we've almost killed an entire hour just on NBA talk. Um, so we are now. Let's shift our focus to the Super Bowl, the biggest NFL game of the season coming up. You got the Eagles and you got the Chiefs. Both are number one seeds. Uh, both had questionable – I don't want to say questionable. It's hard – all right. There's some debate about how legitimate both these Super Bowl teams are because a lot of people feel that the Chiefs basically were gifted the AFC championship because of the refereeing. And then there's a lot of people, especially on the 49ers side, who believe that shit just went bad for them. They They lost Brock Purdy. Josh Johnson goes down with an injury, and then Purdy has to come back in, and all he can do is hand the ball off. And, you know, so there's some question marks there. But, you know, if you look at things, Philly was probably one of the better teams all year, but they didn't play a very tough schedule. Philly's schedule, other than the NFC East opponents, was extremely soft. Um Kansas City, on the other hand, schedule, if you look at it, the the AFC West was not as good as a lot of people thought it was going to be. and um, But they're here nonetheless. Who do you guys like in this game? Uh, honestly, my personal opinion, I think it's going to have to be the Eagles, just because they can 
they can run the ball, and I think that okay. really hurt Kansas City. Uh, people can run on Kansas City, uh, and then what you do is you're, when you do that, you're taking the, the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands so he doesn't have, he doesn't have the time. And B yeah. is that, that Philly defensive line, dude, that, that line is fucking tough. Uh, if the Bengals can create pressure like they did and, and limit Mahomes to 20 points, 23 points, Philly should be able to do the yeah. same. Um, well, I'll tell you that. that this is the, and this and is Philly's corners be. are better. Philly's corners are yeah. better, man. Well, well Philly's huh. corners are infinitely better. So here's here's a stat that I did not realize that, that showed up today. Okay. Do you realize Eli yeah. Apple had the least amount of yards against him and everybody said he sucked dicks all year? He had the fewest yards thrown against him. Less than Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, but Eli Apple didn't start all year. He, yeah, he, he only started when I didn't think he did. No, he, he started all year. He was opposite of Chidube. No, he was just, he was the opposite side of Chiwuze. Chiwuze. Oh, okay. okay. So here's here's what I'm going to be watching in this game is the offensive line. Philadelphia had three Pro Bowlers on their offensive line. I don't think Kansas City is going to get the pressure that they got against Cincinnati, who had three brand new starters basically starting in that game. But Kansas City. Their pass, their offensive line was number one in pass block win rate. Number one this season in pass pass block win rate. So if Mahomes has time and he stays in the pocket and he's patient, I think he can he can do damage. But I do not believe that Chris Jones and Frank Clark and company are going to put any pressure on Jalen Hurts. They do get through. Hurts is fast enough to escape and make them pay for it. So if I'm Kansas City, I'm going to go against my DNA a little bit. I'm going to go against the DNA of my defensive coordinator, Spagnola, and I'm going to drop eight in the cover. And I'm going to make Jalen Hurts prove that he's a quarterback. I, I'm going to with that because it, it looked like when he was throwing the ball, he didn't have yeah. the same touch as he did earlier in the season in the last game. Yeah. And yeah. Could have been he had the week off, or is it, that shoulder's hurting a lot worse than what people actually think. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right on that. Spagnoli likes that man-to-man and, and blitz. He does. And he's going to have to – I think he's going to have to change his stripes a little bit because I'm, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to – by Jalen Hurts with the linebacker, or I'm going to bring in a safety. I'm going to bring in a. Uh, I'm going to have a special package where I, I like a four-two-five setup where I'm going to bring in a safety, make him look like maybe a linebacker, and I'm going to bring him up to the line of scrimmage, and I'm going to spy Jalen Hurts, and I'm going to try to contain him, and I'm going to show you different looks, and I'm I, and I might show you blitz. And I might drop back into coverage in what they call a zone blitz move. Uh, it's a zone blitz. It's uh, Dick Lamb, uh, Dick uh, Dick LeBeau loved running the zone blitz schemes back in Pittsburgh, back in their heydays uh, when they were winning championships with Roethlisberger and company. 
But that's what I'm going to do to Philly. I'm going to maybe no, but you got to have you have to have all pro you have to have all pro safeties to do that though, man. Philadelphia don't don't they have a great secondary? Don't they have great safeties? Their their uh, CBs yeah, are good, but their their safeties are not they're not Palomalu and you know. Uh, yeah, they're safe. Oh, whoever they had. Yeah, their corners are pretty good. Their safeties aren't. That's true. You're right. And, right. Their, and, their linebacker, and their linebackers are uh, hit and miss, too. Yeah. But I, I don't Kelsey, know, man. Hopefully, no, Kelsey, Kelsey's going to eat. I think Kelsey's going to eat with the linebackers. Yeah, because I don't think Philly has a linebacker that can cover Kelsey at all. And they don't have a big corner that can match up with him. But it, I, it'll be interesting. I think it's going to be a great game. I don't see how this is a blowout. Like, we've seen matchups before that looked good on paper and ended up being a complete shit show. Remember that Denver-Seattle Super Bowl uh, where Denver had, like, the number one offense going into that game, and they ran into the Legion of Boom, and they lost 43-8. to See a game like that playing out. I see this game being seven uh, decided by seven points or less. Um, but I also think it's going to be somewhat low scoring. And, I, in fact, I, I I think the Eagles win this game. I'm going to pick it right now. I'm going to say Eagles 27, Chiefs 21. That is my prediction for the game. Oh, you don't think it's going to be 37-34 because the NFL script was leaked? <laughs> No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't buy into all that. I don't buy into all that shit. Anyways, man, I don't. I don't really believe in the whole script leakage thing. Um, I, you know, I think the the Bengals had a lot of calls go against them in that AFC title game, but they still had chances. No, I mean, I 100 percent agree with that, except for that one fucking uh, third down that, or the second down when they called intentional grounding when obviously it wasn't because there was a guy right there. Yeah, Piran was right there. Yeah. But and even then, that, and like, then they – Go ahead. Sorry, Josh. And then even and then the very next series that Patrick Mahomes did the same thing that to Travis Kelsey, and they didn't call that. Which – Yeah. yeah. I mean, which would the have biggest... took him back another, what, five, six yards, and then that, that field goal at the end is – Instead of it being a 45, it's a 53, 54-yard field goal, if but they call it. Even before that, Josh, even before that, when Mahomes escaped and then you had the late push by Osai, they missed a blatant holding call by the Chiefs. Like, the guy had oh, his I... arm around the neck of a Bengals player. That was, That's holding all day long, no matter how you slice it. If they call that a hold, you don't have I don't I don't does it negate would that holding penalty have negated the the unsportsmanlike conduct uh the 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 late hit how does that work no, I don't know the rules no do. but they would have still it would have only been a five yard gain so he would have been out pretty much where he went where he jumped off anyway okay. and he would still been a fifty six seven yarder yard field goal he which he probably would have missed okay okay. I mean, it just seems uh, like the Bengals in playoffs get the, the shit in of the, the calls here in the last few playoffs that they've been in. No. You know, they're just going to have to – honestly, as much as I hate it, I, you know, I, I 
I'm hoping that T. Higgins, if he wants to stay with the Bengals, and and I want to. That's going to bring me to my next point here that I saw the Chase did a couple interviews down at the, there at the Pro Bowl. Uh, but if Burrow takes a little bit less money or structures this contract in a way so that it's not a huge cap hit, and they can keep Higgins and Chase together, I'm all mentioned it a few minutes ago. Patrick Mahomes' offensive line had the number one pass block win rate in the NFL. He doesn't have superstar receivers, and they're in the Super Bowl for the third time in five years. I think that if you give Burrow an elite offensive line and you just keep Chase and you draft some other receivers – and maybe you have Hayden Hurst there, and, or maybe you get some bargain receivers like the Chiefs did, how the, the Chiefs went out and got, like, Mar- you know, MBS and, like, a Juju Smith-Schuster. If you get, like a, like, a bargain receiver that maybe comes out on the free agent market, you can win a Super Bowl because it's so much more important to have uh, – Obviously, it starts with quarterback. you got to have a great quarterback to even win the league. But after that, it's offensive line, it's defensive line, and then it's cornerbacks. you got to be able to protect the quarterback, you got to be able to get to the quarterback, and you got to be able to defend the receivers. Every other position is, is you know, you, if you have a guy here and there, that's fine. You don't need off-the-ball linebackers. Uh, it's, the only time linebacker is important is if you're in a 3-4 defense and you and your outside linebacker is your edge rusher. That's it. But a middle linebacker or a lot, or an outside linebacker in a 4-3 defense, 4-3 base defense, fine. Uh, give me somebody. Unless that middle linebacker, like Jermaine Pratt wants to get paid. If Jermaine Pratt was Ray Lewis or Brian Urlacher, I'd fucking give him, give him his money. For now, he can fucking walk because I can get another linebacker and get production. Same thing with safety. Safeties are great. Jesse Bates is not Troy Polamalu, and he's not Ed Reed. I'm not paying him. Running backs are a dime a dozen. Joe Mixon, if he wants to stay in Cincinnati because he's a locker room guy, great. Restructure a contract, take a pay cut, or get to seven. I saw, hey, can I interrupt you for a second, Mike? Yeah, yeah, go for it. The, the Jets, uh, you know, have an offensive rookie of the, uh, you know, player of the year as well as a defensive player of the year. Yeah. Golf spot, Josh and Joe? No, I mean, I, I'll agree with you on that, that whole front with if you can get Burrow a offensive line. You've seen what happened when they when that offensive line started jumping. They won 10 straight. They started yeah. being able to run the ball. Um, get that. Re- wide receivers, they're a dime a dozen. You can get you can get another fucking T. Higgins in the second round. That's where we got him last year, last uh, the draft yeah. when he got him. Tyler yeah. Ford was what second or third round too. Second so or third round. You can yep. find you can find receivers. I mean, the way the the draft is projecting, Jackson Smith and Jigba should be there for the Bengals to take. If but if he doesn't even go if he's and, not and, uh, I'm just saying even that's, if he's that's gone. Even next year. 
You still got the, receivers. The second rounder still has guys like Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee, Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee, A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest. A.T. Perry is built a lot like T. Higgins. He's six foot five and he's athletic. And like I said, I love T. Higgins. And if he wants to come, you know, if he wants to take a contract where maybe he's making thirteen, fourteen million a season, then yeah, stay on board. Fine. But if he wants to get paid nineteen, twenty one, twenty two million dollars a year and be paid like a number one receiver, I'm sorry. I gotta I gotta yeah. let you go. Yeah. Yep. Like the Bengals, their starting offensive line is, is pretty much okay. you got to get rid of Jonah Williams, in my opinion. I think we need a new left tackle. Jonah Williams gave up the second most sacks in the league this year, so I think he's got to go. <laughs> and then beyond that, I think you need depth. You need depth in case Kappa or Lyle Collins or Ted Karras get hurt. So then draft a couple guards or a center – in the middle rounds of the draft. And I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. Guard and center in this draft coming up is very deep. There's a lot of guys who are who are being projected for the third, fourth, fifth rounds that project as starters at the NFL level. So get get some depth. Get draft draft a tackle if you can. If Broderick Jones is available at 28 when the Bengals draft, I hope the, I hope the Bengals jump all over that. If he's there, yeah. If he's, if I also he, think the Bengals not, they need. No, no matter how no, much I, I love Trey Hendrickson and and Sam Hubbard, yeah, we had the fourth fewest sacks this year out of all the teams. Yeah. We we weren't sacking the quarterback this year, to where last year we oh. were. So we right. got to figure that out. We we got to get uh, an elite pass rusher to be able to do to yeah. to get to the quarterback. Yeah, so you're 100 right. The offensive line. We need another yeah. defensive, either a really good defensive tackle that can get to the quarterback to disrupt them, or a better defensive end, a little bit younger yeah. than Hendrickson. Hey, and, can, can I interrupt it and, and say something real quick? Yeah. yeah. So, so the Commanders have have not decided on. I, they're not decided. I don't think they're going to pick up Chase Young's fifth year option. Yeah. You bring back an Ohio State alum and, and get some pressure yeah. on that on that D line. Yeah, but he's going to want to get paid too. Even if he does, though, the Bengals have a ton of money under the cap right now. Go, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm almost. I, I'd say go spend all that money, get Burrow and, and Chase worked out, and try to win a Super Bowl now. Yeah, I, I think right now, this, this is the year to do it. 2023 is going to be the season. That they and you know to, what? You're absolutely got, right. So so what Josh was saying, like you, you look at these teams yeah. that are contending for the Super Bowl outside of – I mean, the Chiefs have a little bit of a different setup, but like San Francisco has, you know, Defensive Player of the Year. On the edge, right? Yep. Uh, you know, uh, Dallas has Micah Parsons. All, all these juggernauts, these teams that are great on offense, they're good with takeaways that give their offense the the, the chance to score even more points. Uh, you look at you yeah. look so at the Jets. That means their defense. They've got that shut down corner now. Sauce Gardner was a shut down corner, yeah. and that that team bro. If we had if we really had good. if we had a quarterback that could put up twenty two points a week, we would win eleven games. 
this past I, season. I think yeah. be, I think you guys would have overtook Buffalo. That's 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 wild. You'd be eleven yeah. eleven yeah. one team, bro. Crazy. Uh, I, right. So. I think with the Bengals, you you definitely fix the offensive line. The the one thing that we didn't really see the Bengals do this year was throw it deep. They were show they yeah. were throwing short intermediate passes. Every once in a while they threw it deep, but that's because they didn't have time. No, sure they, they didn't have time, but but also keep in mind keep in keep in mind NFL defense is also you know they pivoted to Jamar uh, Jamar Chase's you know speed you know they they pivoted yeah. to those. You know, to take away those seventy yarders, you know, uh, that's because yeah, NFL defenses—they they had to maneuver. Well, and then you can open up that, oh, that intermediate path to to like a Tyler Boyd, or you open up the run game. It's that threat of that deep throw that you have to worry about, and it opens up different things in the middle of the field. I mean, and I think that's why that Bengals uh, Super Bowl run—you've seen it. You've seen a lot of that. So. Speaking of Burrow and company, Case was quoted as saying that he believes that Burrow will take in consideration keeping his weapons together when he works on his new deal. I I'm not I can't say I'm surprised by this. Burrow always struck me as the kind of dude that wants to win, so that I'm not saying he's going to come on the super cheap, but he never struck me as a guy that's like pay me. I want to be the highest-paid quarterback in the league. Give me $60 million a season, and I want $225 million guaranteed. Like, he never struck me as that dude. I think if if somehow the Bengals can pay him between 35 and $40 million a year as the average salary and then give him some guarantee, give him a chunk guarantee and then work the rest into it, and I think Sam, Sam or Josh, this was your idea, give him a huge signing bonus, like a $65 million signing yeah, front load it, front load it, yep. Front load that. Yep. Yeah, front load. Then I think you're good. I, and I, I'm i not, you know, here's my other thing. T. Higgins has a contract coming up. How old is T. Higgins? Is he 23? He might be 24. He's 20, okay, sorry, he's 24 years old. He's 24. He just turned 24. His birthday is January 18th, so happy birthday, T. Higgins. Anyway, uh, happy belated birthday. He's 24 years old. What if T. Higgins said, okay, I'm going to sign a short-term contract extension, take less money, but when and, and we're going to try to win at least one Super Bowl now. But then he becomes a free agent at like 27 or 28, then demand the bag. Then go get paid twenty nineteen twenty million dollars a year for the next three or four seasons. But See, maybe, the, the only maybe, the only issue I have the only I I I'm, I'm wholeheartedly you know uh, agreeing with everything that you're saying. The only issue that I have I think is that uh, I think it was your owner that that came out and said, or I don't know if the GM or the owner, one of those two guys came out and said that. Well, if you want to keep this team, you know, intact, you're going to have to, you know, someone's going to have to bite the bullet somewhere. I think that's a little bit of a yeah. pigeonhole move on Joe Burrow, knowing his personality. Like, you know the guy's going to be nice to you to begin with. Why say that shit is what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I think I think I feel like the Bengals will try to force his hand, and I hope he doesn't take it the wrong way is all I'm saying. No, I, well, I think Louis, Louis hit the head in there. 
uh, I don't think Joe Burrow's that dude. I don't think he cares about the money. He cares about winning. And what other quarterback didn't care about the money and only cared about winning was fucking Tom Brady. And I, but, I think I can see Joe Burrow kind of going in that same direction. Hey, I don't care. I'll take less money. I want my team to be contenders each and every year. That's what I expect. And he knows yeah. what he's going to do. The and, problem is if, if, if something disastrous happens and he has that front-loaded contract, he can, in a couple of years, he can be peace out. And you lose a generational yeah. player. And that's not something you well, want to do as a franchise. Well, I mean – Here's the thing, too. Here's what a lot of people don't realize. The Bengals' lease is up in two years for Paul Brown Stadium. The Bengals can say, peace, see you later, and go to a different city. I don't think they would do that, though. I don't see it happening. But no, no, no. I don't I don't see that happening, bro. There's they're too much of a vested uh, now fan base, well, you know, in, in Cincinnati to do that. For now. The Browns now. haven't done dick. The Browns haven't done dick for the state of Ohio. So, oh, I, know. I, I don't, I don't so, see the Bengals going anywhere. I realize who our owner is. It's Mike fucking Brown. It, he, yeah, he'll but, do whatever the fuck he wants to if he doesn't get the right deal. That's the problem with him. I don't, he will screw don't, over the city. He, you guys, though, everybody says Mike Brown is cheap, and I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie and say he's, he's not cheap. But everybody paints him as a super cheap owner at everything. He's not. He always paid his players. No matter if you were A.J. Green, Carson Palmer, Chad Johnson, Rudy Johnson, Andrew Whitworth, they all got paid. Andy Dalton got paid, bro. What do you mean? Andy Dalton got paid. Andy Dalton got paid. He always paid his players. Where he was cheap at is scouting department. They didn't. They just now got an indoor practice facility. They they were practicing on a shitty field outside the stadium for the longest time. That you you, you do realize. Through. You do realize Andrew Whitworth wanted to stay in Cincinnati before he went to L.A. But yeah. the, the he, owner I know, said, "I'm but, not paying you." But Josh, he I'm was thirty-six at. The, Josh, he was thirty-five at the time. And he wanted to I sign a four-year contract. Dude, I don't, I, I don't have a problem with him letting Whitworth walk. He's a 35-year left tackle. He asked, did he play good for the Rams for the next three or four years? Yeah, yeah he did, but you, you can't see into the future. Are you going to give a 35-year-old hey, left if, tackle? If Andrew, if Andrew Whitworth was our left tackle, Joe Burrow would have never hurt his fucking knee. That's, that's a Mike. that's a big statement. That's actually a very big statement. You're you're 100 percent correct on that. I have if to agree with does, you. He's, he's that good though. Even at 35, at 36, top. 37, he's that good. Joe Burrow isn't without an ACL. You know, if he's that yeah. left tackle, and he's in the middle, Aaron Donald probably doesn't sack Joe Burrow in the last play of the Super Bowl. I'm sorry, I don't think it happens. What? Yeah, it's revisionist history, though. What if what if Andrew Whitworth had signed with L.A. and was out of the league the next year because he could injuries started creeping up? You can't see these things. It, but I don't like to give players who see who are at that age where they're out of their prime three to four year extensions. I don't like doing it, and I wouldn't have done it. 
I would have. No, but you I mean, just you just said I, that, I, that that Mike Brown pays his players. Was not exactly. was was Whitworth not not the player? Like was he not Sam, a staple he in was Cincinnati? Thirty five years old. He he yeah, he was drafted I mean, by you know, the Bengals. He was thirty five years old. How the up. fuck did he get paid the other years? He he was thirty five. He was drafted by the Bengals. He played twelve seasons with the Bengals. He signed more that, than that's one. That's more of a reason to keep him. I think that's more of a reason exactly. to keep him. And yeah. look who we drafted. Cedric Obwehi. Don't see him anymore. Yeah. And what? John, Jake Thomas or whatever the fuck his name was? Oh, John? Jake Fisher. Jake Fisher, yeah. I still would have kept a guy like that. I still would have kept a guy like that, man. I would have kept Whitworth there. He could have he helped train the new left tackle. He could have helped Jonah Williams, you know? Yeah. There you go. There's your I, depth, Josh. I think you have the benefit of hindsight. I think mean, because at the time, at the time the deal happened when we let Whitworth walk, I was okay with it. I was like, yeah, it sucks. He's 35 years old. We're coming in with a hold on, a second. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Mike, Mike. It, was it not? Was it not a, a little bit of a surprise that it seemed like the Rams were willing to roll the dice on a guy like this? Was it? I mean, I mean that it, that action in Whitworth itself proves that he probably he was, was worth it, right? But let me tell you this: you, everybody is acting like Burrow was there when Whitworth left. He wasn't. Whitworth left the Bengals after the 2016 season. He signed with the Rams March 9, 2017 a full three seasons before Burrow was there. And then Whitworth in 2020 suffered a torn MCL and damaged PCL, and he missed the entire 2020 season. Came back for 2021 and obviously helped the Rams win a Super Bowl at that time. But all of this is revisionist history. All of it. He was thirty. No, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. No, no, I get it. Hindsight is twenty twenty. But yeah. I'm just saying, you know, going back to what Josh was saying, I do agree. Like, I, I'm paying a premium for your your line that's going to protect you generational talent is basically what Kansas City has been doing, right? For the most part, I think for the for the most part they've tried to make sure that Patrick Mahomes not only has the weapons that he needs, but he has a line that gives him the time. And even if he doesn't have to have the weapons, this guy's good enough to turn his, you know, flea market receivers and, you know, whoever else into viable, you know, players that, that'll show but up. But the Bengals did that, didn't they, Sam? They went out and got Kappa, Harris, and Lyle Collins. And it is not you know? their fault that, that they got – Hurt. You know, wouldn't you think it's a little late on Burrow, man? Wouldn't you think it's a little late? He, the guy already had a torn ACL. He still was sacked a shit ton this year, right? Don't you think it's a little late to get him that that kind of you know protection? This guy is as good. You're telling me this guy's as good as you're telling me this guy is as good as Patrick Mahomes, but you can't protect him? Come on, man. But Sam, you're missing the fucking point. He was sacked a shit ton when the offensive line was still gelling together. They they ranked in the bottom ten in sacks allowed after week seven. 
So once they figured it out, he wasn't getting touched hardly. But then he loses three offensive linemen the last two weeks of the, the last three weeks of the season going into the playoffs. Well, you you also and then, remember yeah. the Bengals. The Bengals also changed their whole offense approach after the three four weeks that they got sacked all the time. They started going in and shotgun all the time. That that's one of the reasons why it eliminated a lot of them sacks too. Is because Burrow was able to get the ball out a lot quicker than being able to drop back five seven yards and then trying to throw it. Because by the time you drop back, there was he already had pressure. You got to remember that too. I do. Well, and here's the other. I, I thing still that think. You would... I still think great, great. You know, teams that have great quarterbacks, your Brady's, your your Rogers. Rogers has historically had a great offensive line. You know, for the most part, right? Look at, look at a couple Pittsburgh years. with uh, Roethlisberger. They had the Roethlisberger. Same All your great quarterbacks have had forever. great lines. I don't right? disagree with. But the problem pay a is premium for these guys. Pay a premium the for the big boys. Have you know? drafted. The Bengals haven't drafted great offensive linemen. Josh just mentioned two of them, Cedric Obwehi and Jake Fisher. We got in the same draft. Jonah Williams, first-round pick, doesn't look that good. Jackson Carmen, second-round pick, 2021, doesn't look that good. But now, well, the last, Jonah the, play, last year, yeah. what? When Jonah Williams came up, he wasn't playing left tackle, though, was he? When he first started, wasn't he yeah. playing a different position? Wasn't he no, playing he the guard? No, he was left tackle. I thought he was playing guard for a little bit. He was drafted as a left tackle out of Alabama. No, I know that, but I thought they put him. They moved him to guard for, like, the first year. I don't believe so. So, no, no, so, so I get it. You, do, you don't draft well when it comes to O-line. Why not go pay a premium to somebody else? You're Larry Tunsil's. You're, uh, you know, you're, you're – you're big, big names. You know, you're big offensive line they, names. Which they just did. They just did. So let's see how it works next year. Let's see what they do in the draft this year. Let's see if they go out and get any offensive linemen in the off season if they're available. Available, but they just did all that. So and it just, see, the problem it, is, you know, you know what the problem is? All these other teams that I mentioned with great lines, right? Even if their even if their stars went out, their replacements were just as good as them. But see, that's not true. Mahomes' offensive line was garbage when they lost. The I'm Super not talking Bowl Mahomes. Football. I'm not talking Mahomes. I'm talking like Brady, right? Yeah. You know, your Brady's, your Rogers, these guys when they lost their 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 marquee offensive linemen, they were able to pivot and still do well because of depth. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens next year. But uh, that is all the time we got on a Friday. We didn't get to some of the things I wanted to talk about. We will save it for Monday. Um, I uh, Hopefully we'll be on our new format on the Monday show. Uh, but uh, I'm, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Uh, I'm going to try to get it all set up over the weekend and, uh, and, and have it ready to go. But thanks for tuning in. It was a great show, great top, great topic. We should have a lot to talk about Monday. So, all right, everybody, take care. We cover all bases, basic. You can't erase us. Back and forth, watch where it takes us. Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it. Always our response is amazing. All bases covered. Yeah, yeah, you know you love it. I thought that.